What is up, everybody? Welcome to NFTs in the Arena. You're with your host, Michael Savides, and today we have a very, very special guest, a lady by the name of Tally Friedman. Tally, thank you for your time and welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Of course, of course. So before we get into it, I do have a brief introduction for Tally. And um, first of all, Tally is the creative director for NFT Basel, and we'll get into this. And Jersa has a lot of experience in Web3 marketing and is a specialist in global events. And there is some cool events that Tally has told me she's working on, but we won't divulge them today. So hopefully we can have you back on the next few weeks once we do know and do have finalized that particular event. And she's also a coordinator at GDA Capital. So Tally has quite an illustrious career as well, which we'll dive deeper into. But the first thing that I wanted to get into, Tally, is obviously... NFTs and working for NFT Basel, all right? And I think for a lot of people, and predominantly a lot of our listeners, you would assume that they have um, knowledge of what NFTs are and they actually understand what what's going on in the crypto world. But you'll also be surprised that a lot of people that are listening to this podcast don't know, and this is the reason why they actually are here. So starting off with, um, can you just maybe tell us why you actually are in the NFT space and how you actually got into NFT Basel? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the kind introduction. Um, how I got into the space originally is because I come from an art background. Um, a lot of people around me had been working in the crypto space, and I was very familiar with it, kept on hearing about it, but it didn't really pique my interest until NFTs really started to explode sometime around 2019, 2020. And as an artist, um, I noticed a certain potential in the space to elevate creatives. I worked a lot in digital art. I was surrounded by a community of artists. I was friends with a lot of 3D digital designers. And what really impressed me about the space was seeing these 3D designers who had so much talent. Um, and they never, up until this point, actually made money selling their own artwork as you know a traditional painter would or someone who's selling a physical piece of art. And so to watch in real time the transitions of these careers of people that I was close with go from you know someone who's doing commissions for someone else or making money because they have a massive following on social media but they would have to do collaborations with brands in order to uh, you know make make a profit and, and make a career off of what they love to do and to see them make that jump into the nft space and finally be able to work as an independent artist that to me was the most inspiring thing and so i knew that i had to get involved somehow i found out about nft basil and what they were doing and basically to explain a little bit about nft basil were a luxury marketplace and so we really specialize in investment grade assets which is somewhat of a different approach than most marketplaces take or most NFT projects that you're seeing on popular marketplaces have because typically at the time, the largest projects were generative drops. So you would have one out of a thousand, one out of 5,000 different iterations of characters. We've all seen the different animals and yeah. there is a lot of promise and utility and potential in that. But the particular area of interest that I held within the space was contributing to an environment that promoted artists themselves and, and enabled these creators to collect credit for their artwork and, and profit off of it. Yeah. And I think that is something that I, I, 
you obviously described it so well. I actually love the way you described it. And I think I see it the same way. We're actually helping people leverage their skills and monetize their assets and maybe utilize their creativity to generate different forms of revenue. And it's interesting that you say that because on our previous uh, podcast, I think it was two weeks ago, we had a gentleman by the name of Julian Rodriguez, who I've spoken to you about. And I think it's for the audience. He was from Momento NFT. And they've also created a marketplace that actually allows um, athletes, creatives to create NFTs on this social media platform that they've created to transact and actually allow people in parts of the world that would not normally have access to generating revenue to have that that, that that opportunity now. And I think that's why when people try talk down NFTs, I understand why, because also last year, a lot of, in this NFT gold rush, I would say a lot of um, dodgy projects came up and a lot of scams came up. And I think that kind of creates a lot of scrutiny around NFTs and not only NFTs around crypto. So when I see projects like, um, and companies like NFT Basel and like what you just said now, the vision and the values that you hold in order to get to what you want to do is incredible. And I, I, I really, I really respect that. And then I also wanted to get into now the, 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 the events that you have. I know you've told me about the events that, uh, you've done in the past and the events that are coming up. What are some of the, the events that you are coming up that you would love the audience to know about and how would people attend? And uh, I do know there's opportunities for sponsorships and for partnering. Maybe we can get into that and we can, if someone is interested, they can reach out to you. And I will have Tally's, um, I'll have a LinkedIn profile in, in the description of the, of the video as well as NFT's Basil's um, website as well. So yeah, I would love to hear about the events that are coming up and some events that you've done in the past. Absolutely. Thanks so much. So yeah, one of my favorite parts of my job is that I get to host events around the world showcasing the amazing artwork uh, that's featured on our marketplace. We collaborate with a lot of artists who have never actually hopped into the NFT space and we help onboard them into that space. We work with a lot of physical artists as well as digital artists. I think that's something that really sets us apart. And so we'll partner up with physical artists that typically display their artwork at art fairs around the world. And we'll collaborate with them, partner them up with our 3D design team and create either digitally enhanced versions of their physical pieces or a digital twin. And so these artists can then showcase their artwork at our exhibitions, which are then that. to be optioned off on our marketplace. And you can actually see there's little uh, stickers on our marketplace indicating a physical or a digital piece, which you can buy and own separately. And so really the purpose of our exhibitions are to showcase how these artworks can really, you know, be displayed in the real world. That's the number one argument that you hear people who are entering the space say, well, why would I just purchase an NFT if I can't actually display it in my home? Isn't that the, pur the purpose of art? And so here we are showcasing how these artworks can be displayed. And when you own an NFT in your wallet and you display it on a screen like a token frame, there are so many different companies that we've partnered up with to, you know, different pros and cons to each of these displays. But when you have a really visually stunning artwork that's rendered in 8K resolution, there's nothing quite like having it up on this massive screen that you can hang up on your wall. And similarly with the physical pieces, when you see a physical artwork and you can tap it with your phone and see it come to life in ways that previously weren't imaginable, 
Um, before, I mean, of course, you always had this possibility to digitally enhance pieces, but I think the concept of NFTs and the merging of art and technology has really brought about a popularity to these new mediums. And so working together with these artists to explore the different ways that we can really just create an experience and to talk a bit about our, our previous events, like you asked, um, we've, we've done multiple different events in Miami and Dubai, always centered around a different theme. So we did Art Basel in Miami. Uh, we had an artist named Cassius come along. And this is just one of the amazing ways that we really play with the idea of art as an experience, as well as something that you can own and that you can showcase. So Cassius is a really multifaceted artist. He's a collage artist and he's a DJ and he does projection visuals. So during our show, uh, during the event where we had artwork on display, he was the main act of the show. Cassius came on and he was DJing and going back and forth between DJing and creating <laughs> his artwork on the spot, uh, which was really just something that invited the audience into his process of creation. And on top of that, he also had pre-recorded this projection map visual show that lit up in tune with his process of creating the piece on the spot. So what we did with that final piece was we took an NFC chip, which I can talk a little bit about that technology yeah. later on, but mm -hmm. authenticated that physical item as an NFT, sold the physical piece as an NFT, and then created a separate 3D version of the piece where you see all the layers coming off and rotating wow. in space and sold that as a digital NFT separate from the first one. So what differentiates that from just purchasing a regular artwork at an auction is that anyone who was actually there at the event in person was a part of that process of creation. When you're DJing and you're mixing live and you're playing music that's inspired by the crowd, it's a two-way process. And I think that's one thing about NFT technology that's really appealing to a lot of collectors is that they feel like they are a part of that process of creation. Well, well, I think you couldn't have said that any better. That was perfect. And I, I, I do recall obviously learning about Art Basel and particularly the one in Miami and like the, the impact that has on the head on the industry. And I do think that Miami is spearheading or was spearheading the NFT space. Whenever I would go to Miami, you would just see everything about crypto, particularly around the board apes and board at the art clubs. And I think you touched on something that's incredibly interesting and something that I think often gets uh, brushed, I would say gets brushed aside is the community that NFTs have created. And I think I've spoken about this on the podcast with my other host, Jonathan, and we've kind of touched on the fact that a lot of people are very quick to scrutinize and um, criticize how much money is going around NFTs, particularly around the board at the art clubs. But I'm always of the opinion that, yes, the, the value of a, of an NFT digital collectible in the, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars does seem very expensive and does seem like to a lot of people a waste. Where is the utility? Why would I want to buy this? And who's going to actually want to buy this? But I'm also of the opinion that NFTs, first of all, like any other artwork or any other collectible, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And what I always tell people around communities is that now you have a community of these wealthy individuals that are buying these NFTs and that network that you're creating is actually what you're buying into. And the artwork is just the byproduct of that and the utility that you're getting with that. And I think a lot of people don't see that. And I'm glad that I actually have you on here because 
NFC Basel, and there will likely be one in November, December again, I would imagine, how it is every year. And I think it's getting more popular every year. But you, you did speak about this, this technology and this chip, and I do think I like to also educate my audience. So can you just take us through that, what that is and what the relevance of that um, actually is in today's world? Yeah, absolutely. So I think just even before I get into the NFC chip technology, touching upon the community and the utility that comes behind these NFTs that take it far beyond just a piece of art, which I, of course in itself is something that's so valuable in and of itself. But there are so many different potential use cases for NFT technology that I think are only just coming to light. And it's unfortunate to me that you see all that you see in the media for someone that's never been exposed to the NFT world is the shocking headlines, the ones that are going to piss people off, like yeah. someone just spent $4 million on a picture of a monkey, because <laughs> that's unfortunately what, what gets clicks. But it almost overshadows all of the amazing innovation that's taking place on so many different fronts. So NFC chips are just one of the many different facets of the industry that I, I think bring so much potential to really revolutionize a lot of spaces beyond just art. I mean, we're working in hospitality, there's music NFTs, there's ticketing. But one thing that we specialize in is authenticating physical assets as NFTs, which I think is something that not many people know is a possibility. NFTs just so happens that it, it really became popular within the digital art space because it was the creation of this tool that enabled digital creators to monetize their work. But it extends so far beyond that. And at its core, I'd say that the true value of an NFT is authentication, verification, and facilitating sales on the secondary market. So if we're gonna step back into the world of fine art, which you know has existed for quite some time, is a very centralized authority, um, and you were to ask, how do you authenticate a real piece of art? Um, it's actually quite spotty. And there aren't, there is no one true way to verify that this Picasso was actually created by Picasso. It's a combination of different methods. You have, you know, scientific testing of the paints and, and dating of the different layers and scanning. And, and the technology in that space is rapidly progressing. But it's also a combination of provenance, which is, tracing the history of ownership. So if I purchased an artwork in the 1800s and then I wrote it off in my will to my great granddaughter and then she sold it to a friend of hers, not all of those art, like not all of the master artists knew at the time that they would be famous, you know? Uh, so not all of that documentation is kept. And, and it, you know, it's easy to, to falsify the end of the day as well, depending on if you have a master artist or just someone who doesn't have that big of a reputation, you can falsify records, you can falsify documents. And there are factories in Asia that create like hundreds and thousands of, of fake paintings a year to, to yeah. the existing artwork. So it's a massive, massive industry that has a massive, massive issue that has existed in the fine art industry. So taking us back to the NFC chips, what do those do? They're a microchip that you can place on an artwork. You, we've stuck it on the back of canvases. We've actually painted them into our artworks. We've embedded them, sewn them into clothing. It applies to the fashion industry as well. When you think of all of the fake designer Gucci bags on the market as well, all the fake Yeezy shoes. So you can embed these chips physically into the artwork or the article of clothing. 
And when you tap your phone onto that chip, it brings up all of the metadata associated with that original artwork. So that includes who created it, when it was created, all authenticated on the blockchain, um, the history of every single transaction so that if I were to create a painting right now and I were to sell it to you and you were to sell it to someone else, 50 years down the line, someone has this painting and they can trace every transaction back to myself, the original artist. And that is mm -hmm. a way that moving forwards, you can start to solve that issue of authenticating artwork. And so those are that's one of the many new technologies that are only just beginning to hit the market right now that I see so much potential in to not only revolutionize the fine art space, but the luxury fashion space as well and, and any kind of luxury collectible. Love it. Love it. And I do like the fact that um, you're utilizing the blockchain technology to authenticate the artworks. And it's interesting to see how you're actually integrating that and combining it. And it seems like almost dovetailing fashion with um, this digital technology. And it's funny that you speak about that because I've just recently spoke about how Nike has raised close to $200 million in the sale of NFTs. And these fashion giants are pioneering, spearheading this, spearheading this place. And the crazy thing about Nike was that they raised close to $200 million. And I think their initial sales was in the range of $98 million, And the secondary sale was about $93 million, which goes to show that there is a market for this. And people actually do understand that there's a secondary um, value of this and secondary sale of these NFTs, which a lot of people that aren't involved in this space don't understand. They kind of assume that once you purchase the initial artwork or the initial, the initial digital asset, that's where it ends. And that's actually because of we're so new in this space, it's so newfangled and so novel that, and I think you kind of touched on it, that a lot of people just see NFTs as this artwork or this, this piece of uh, this, this digital collectible. They don't actually see the utility and the value beyond that. And we try to emphasize that a lot on our podcast. And the thing that I wanted to dive into now is the utilization of NFTs outside of these artworks, like you've just touched on now with these NFTs. So, we also, because um, sports finder is very involved in the sports space, and a lot of people often say to us, oh, why would I just want to buy a piece of artwork of an athlete catching a ball, for example? And it's just not that, it's not, it's just not that uh, mediocre like it or that, that simple. And you see a lot of organizations that are coming to sports finder wanting to identify ways in which they can add value beyond what they're actually offering their fan bases now. And the success of an NFT with an athlete, you all know this, is also down to how the athlete pushes this, this NFT collection. We've had athletes on Sports Finder that have been very successful with their collections because they've been so engaged. They've been willing to speak on, on platforms, on podcasts, and push it through their social media channels and have been very successful. Because it's a bit different to a, a creative or an art collector where an athlete has the audience, they have their fan base, and generally the fan base will be the people that are purchasing these NFTs. Where with, the, uh, with an art or an art collector, they're going to start seeing the value and look at the beauty of the actual NFT, which is a bit different. And I love to differentiate that because it is super fascinating. And some of the utilization of NFT outside of this typical space is like fan tokens or season ticket holders. And you kind of also touched it like with the eventing. Do you, with NFT Basel, are you guys looking to find ways in which you can create the ticketing around um, NFTs for your events? So we don't particularly specialize in ticketing, but personally, yeah. I've collaborated with a bunch of different brilliant ticketing companies. And I think that entire point just brings us back to the first thing you touched upon, which was community and the mm. communities that are behind these projects. So when you take it to 
athletes or musical artists that have this fan base, it's a way for them to not only give back to their fans, but open up a two-way line of communication. So to touch upon ticketing, I think it's it's such a brilliant concept that deserves an entire podcast of its own, most likely. But I have a friend of mine named Ritesh, and he's created this company called Ticket Fairy. Not sure if you've heard of it. To me, I think it's going to be the next Eventbrite, the next ticket master, master. It's just genius, genius concept. But essentially, the way that it works is you purchase a ticket, and it can be either a regular ticket or in the form of an NFT. I think that distinction is important at the stage that we are currently because of the port, of the percentage of fans that are going to be attending one of your shows only a small portion of those people might actually have heard of an NFT or own a MetaMask. So the fact that you can utilize an NFT, you know, an NFT ticket or have an NFT gated event, for example, in which case anyone who's a holder of my NFTs would then be able to access that event. That's an exclusive benefit that as an artist or an athlete, you can invite and and give back to your fans and invite them to one of your shows or your gigs. Uh, So really creative, but it also eliminates the possibility of fake tickets because these tickets are secured on the blockchain. Black market tickets. I think think one of us in one stage in our lifetime has bought a fake ticket and it's not even that, it's the physical tickets. Even on StubHub sometimes I've had scenarios where I've bought a ticket, I actually never get that ticket. And yes, you do get refunded, but it's it's (laughs) mad. It it literally happened to me three weeks ago for an event and I was like, is this still happening? But uh, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I go to, and no matter how much smarter I think I am, and I even I come from a design background, so I'm good with Photoshop, and I like to think that I can spot a falsified ticket. But then again, I find myself fooled for sure every now and then. So I mean, the way that this works with an NFT on the blockchain is that you have a ticket, and even for the original event organizer, if they were to sell the original ticket and then that ticket's then sold if i'm to buy a ticket and then i sell it to you because i can't make it to the show anymore the original event organizer can still collect royalties on every single resale of that ticket so that protects the event organizers allows them to you know continue to create amazing events because as we saw with the pandemic right with all of these event organizers put down so much money shows get canceled they don't get back the money that they that they dropped and it was a massive issue a lot of my favorite events out here in montreal got canceled and took them years to recover and and finally get back to doing what they're doing because of that loss during the pandemic so another different structure that people could play around with that's possible because of blockchain technology is salmon event organizer and instead of selling tickets and keeping the pro keeping the profits and then paying separately all the artists and all of the different kiosks that are going to come participate at the show. I can actually use NFTs to divide up all of the profits. So I can tell the artists, I can tell all of the vendors, um, come to my show. If I sell a hundred tickets, you'll make 30% of that. If I sell a thousand tickets, you'll make 30% of that. And that protects the event organizers and also ensures that each of the contributing parties can actually make a certain amount. If more people come out to the event, it incentivizes artists to bring out more of their fans to these concerts. Bigger artists can make a bigger percentage of the sales. And as an organizer, I can divvy that up however I want. 
You know, it's, it's so interesting that, and that we've actually segued, segued into this direction is because I had an interesting conversation with a gentleman by the name of Eric Yaler, and I'm actually having him on the podcast um, in, in our next episode. And he's an author of a book that's called Mega, Megafluence, and it's basically touching on not only the metaverse and how there's various organizations creating these metaverses and brands like Nike that we've just touched on will allow people to have um, their avatars with a Nike pair of shoes or a cap or whatever it may be. But what he's just uh, kind of touching on now with all these individual metaverses, they're trying to find ways in which they can actually integrate them so you can transition from one to the other quite seamlessly, continuously with your NFT collection that you've, you've bought. And I do think in the event space now, we've just recently seen with Eminem and Snoop Dogg where they did the digital and the, the virtual um, performance as in, in, this, in, this, in this metaverse uh, space, which is super fascinating. With, um, with your experience in eventing, and how do you see the whole metaverse playing out and what is your whole opinion on that space? So I've actually organized plenty of metaverse events before. It's really cool. It's really fun. It's really engaging. Say one interesting example is I helped organize a metaverse wedding. And so it didn't replace the real in-person wedding. It was more of an addition onto, onto the existing ceremony. So my friends wanted to invite all of their friends from around the world to participate in this event to celebrate them for all those people that can fly out and make the real event and open up that experience to anyone who wants to tune in. I mean, I, I'm sure many people, myself included, has attended Zoom weddings during the pandemic. I think that entire shift that happened culturally during the pandemic really placed an importance um, on technology that wasn't necessarily there before. I think the rapid transition towards blockchain technology really has a lot to do with the timing of the pandemic because it enabled us to accept our reliance on technology a lot more easily than before. I think there was a lot of reluctancy. I have a lot of people coming to me and saying, well, Tally, why would I host an event or a concert in the metaverse when I can just go see the real thing? The reality is, is that metaverse events and digital events aren't trying to replace real world experiences because there's nothing like a face-to-face -face conversation. There's nothing like the quality of hearing live instruments. But for anybody who doesn't have the access or the ability to see these experiences live, for people who live in a small town and the artists never come and tour in their city, for people who, you know, don't have that access, they can't fly to Tomorrowland to see their favorite artist play. Having a metaverse experience in addition to the real thing where you can live stream the concert and interact with people, it's it's like a, an additional layer of interactivity that mimics the real life. So, I mean, personally, I watched a lot of like Cercle sets on, on YouTube if you're a fan of electronic music. And that was how I was able to watch and experience concerts from a distance when I physically wasn't able to. But now you take that to an even further step in the metaverse. And I can actually chat with people who are watching it at the same time as me, dance, make my avatar dance, um, ask them questions, meet people. I mean, meeting people from around the world is another benefit that you just don't get when you're sitting alone and you have your headphones on and you're watching a pre-recorded YouTube video. So there's so many additional layers of connectivity that I think the metaverse really enhances in terms of our current digital experience. 
Yeah, and, and I think the naivety around it is slowly um, washing away. And I do think the acceptance, as you spoke about, that technology and the, the leveraging of technology has become and always was a part of our everyday life. But I do believe that the, the, um, the pandemic did propel that and actually exponentially increase that innovation around that. I mean, with NFT Basel, you're effectively bridging that gap between the physical artworks and the digital artworks, right? And now with these events, I think, uh, first of all, the fact that you created the, the, the metaverse event for the wedding is insane. I'd love to hear more about that some other time. But um, obviously with SportsFinder, we're trying to identify ways in which athletes can engage further with their audiences, as well as the, not only the athletes, the teams that they play for. And there is a lot of um, movement in the NFT space, in the metaverse, with regards to um, sporting teams competing. And the one thing that I do quite enjoy the idea of is, is fans competing directly with the athletes, because that for me now is true utility and actually further engagement. And I don't know if it's happening right now because of where the technology is at, but how do you see the integration of sports in the metaverse now that you have experience with weddings and events? I think it definitely would lay more towards the side of utility um, as opposed to, you know, if you're comparing it to musical artists where the benefit of purchasing an NFT would be, you know, I get to own this music, this artwork with a fan in a sports community, the utility could be whatever that athlete wants to integrate into his NFTs. So say I'm a star soccer player and I drop an exclusive collection and I include lessons or meet and greets for all of the holders. Um, I'm building a community. So as, you know, maybe a younger athlete that wants to start creating a fan base or as a team manager that really wants to get more excitement out of my, my local home team, whatever it might be, it's an additional layer of engagement. And there's so many different directions you can take it and so many different ways that you could use it. So I love really trying to creatively brainstorm how best to use the technology and how to apply it to the certain audience or demographic that I'm looking to target because I do work a lot in NFT strategy. We do NFT consulting for brands and you can even lump sports teams into that category of, of a brand trying to engage their audience and engage their fans. So depending on what you're trying to get out of it, there are diff many different ways that you could approach this. A lot of creators say, say I'm an athlete and I wanna create a collection can make a long-term roadmap and say, hey, if you're a fan, you're a part of this community and you stick around just a little bit longer, these are all of the benefits that you'll unlock. If you bring more people into the community, being an original member, you can also, you know, have an additional, you can get VIP tickets to the next game. Um, you can get season pass tickets. So not only does it gamify that experience of being a fan who are always trying to look for more and more ways to get involved and engaged with the teams that they're supporting, but it also builds a community of like-minded individuals. So I can meet other fans of the same team from anywhere in the world. We can create different viewing parties, watch the games together. Um, and amongst themselves, the fans will also, you'll find oftentimes in NFT communities, the fans will contribute to the space as well and bring up ideas and suggestions to the original creators and say, hey, we would love to do this. Can you help organize something? Um, so it, it really brings us back to that two-way line of communication between the fan and the athlete or the creator. Yeah, and I think it's quite clear from what you just said that NFTs are creating opportunities 
far beyond what people can actually imagine. And I still think we are only at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to actually identifying and leveraging the technology to open up different avenues in which people can um, take advantage of. And I do like the idea of fans engaging with each other, particularly if, like, I'm a huge Manchester United fan and I don't have the opportunity to go watch games live. And uh, I do watch these YouTube channels and these fan channels where you, you have the audience and where people are commenting and inter interacting in the comment section. But how much better would it be if it was more of these virtual, these virtual events where you can actually engage further with the people? Because you did just touch on it. We all like-minded people for this particular sporting event or for this particular sporting team. And I love that you've actually, you, you've actually shown a lot of um, facets to where NFTs are adding value. I think a lot of people that maybe are listening to this actually have been opened up to the idea that maybe the industry in which I'm working in is not leveraging this technology yet, and how can I do that? And I do think if you have an open mind and if you are open to actually exploring the space, you actually may be pleasantly surprised that there's, there's additional forms of revenue which a business can actually generate and offer to their, their customers. Because the one thing I'll, I'll say just to before we end off, and it's one thing that um, I quite loved what Snoop Dogg had said, because he had just, uh, I think, purchased um, Death Row Records at bought majority share in it. And he was obviously looking, and he's very involved in the metaverse space and NFTs, it's insane. But I love it because he has this, obviously this huge following and he has a good persona and he's actually pushing the technology. And the one thing he did say was obviously the sale of NFT records and some of the records to Death Row Records is that now fans will also have the ability to not only buy a, a, a piece of the company, but also have the ability to sell that on the generate revenue from that. Because in the past, and you'll recall, that when you would buy CDs back in the day, you would buy the CD and some, I don't even know where half my CDs are these days. I mean, no one listens to CDs, no one has them. But now you have that CD as a digital artwork. But also now if I want to sell that on because of a particular moment in time, a particular song, I can generate that revenue. And that's the first time in which fans can actually make money from the artist. And that's something that he's pushing and quite passionate about. And I love that. So we have come to the end, Tally, but I do want to take a bit more of, of your time. So just before we end off, can you just tell our audience some of the, the cool projects that you uh, are coming up or, and any events that are coming up? I know we touched on it initially, but and um, anything that's any projects that people want to be maybe collaborate with you on, how would they do that? How would they get in touch with everyone just to end off with? Yeah, absolutely. So I touched upon this a little bit earlier, but mm -hmm. we do work in digital fashion and that's an area that we're really trying to disrupt um, the traditional fashion space by enhancing it digitally. So using the NFC chips, embedding that into physical clothing, virtually enhancing fashion shows, bridging that gap between physical and digital spaces. We like to call it fidgetal. Um, that's the term that we like to say at our company, but by enhancing these assets, bringing them to life through, um, you know, different kinds of filters, digital fashion. If you're a fashion creator looking to enter that space, we are also going to launch an event surrounding the World Cup. It's going to take place in November to December in Dubai. So really excited. If you guys want to hear more updates about that, then follow us on social media and we will be making more announcements on that soon. So that will be more sports related for all of the sports fans out there. 
And we do NFT consulting for businesses and brands. So if you're really looking to disrupt your space and you see some potential in any of the technologies that we mentioned and are looking for ways to engage your fans, then that is absolutely something that we specialize in. And we love to try and, and push the boundaries of what's been done and do things that have never been done before and make the impossible possible. So if you are any of those types of people that like to just be creative and get yourself out there, then please do. would love to connect. And uh, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. It's been really fun. Of course. And I want to thank you for your time. And um, it's, it's been a blast. And I do want to have you back on. And I did tell Tanya this, that obviously I'm a huge football fan. And the fact that they're getting involved in the World Cup is something that I do want to get involved with and see how sports finding can also get involved with. And that's something that I would love to bring you back on because obviously majority of our audience are sports fans and tech enthusiasts. So marrying the two is just perfect. And um, I just want to thank you for your time. It's incredible to see how far you've come in your career and the, the work that you've done to date and the work that you are doing. And just for everyone that's listening and watching, I will put um, the socials of uh, NFT Basil in our description as well. So please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are growing week on week. It's actually so insane to see your viewership grow and grow and grow. And I can only thank our audience for that. So to end off, I want to thank you again, Tally, and I hope to have you back on soon. And to everyone else, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.